I'm Kevin Jones. And I'm Chris Moore. And we started the homos on Haunted Hill so that we can throw a party. A horror film party. <laughs> It'll be quite amusing. There'll be madmen and chainsaws and ghosts and perhaps even a few murders. You're all invited. Greetings and salutations. <laughs> you do a very good Christian Slater, actually. I don't know how. It's just it's it's, it's basically just him doing Jack Nicholson, right? Like, it is, yeah. Kind of I think he's thing. said that in interviews. Like I was just <laughs> trying to <laughs> invoke Jack Nicholson. And he did. It was great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, There's like Jack Nicholson and some like Bonnie and Clyde stuff, and uh, it's just yeah. There's a lot really going on in this movie. There's a lot, yeah. And that's not even the half of it. Apparently, this script was originally like 200 something pages. Oh, I heard like, that he wanted uh, Stanley Kubrick to direct it so it could be yeah. like three hours long. And yeah. Because he was all like, yeah, he's done like the ultimate horror film and the ultimate sci fi film. How about the ultimate teen yeah. film? And he kept trying yeah. to get him to do it. And of course, it never happened. But I think it was it was all for the better, I, I think. I think so. I mean, the there's sort of a grittiness to this. What in the you know a little bit of sleaze here and there. That I don't think you would have got as much with Stanley Kubrick. His, his films no. are so like antiseptic and like just very yeah, they're clean cut, very and, clean and yeah. very well composed and everything. Yes. But just there there is kind of a hospital waiting room vibe to all of his yes, films. Exactly. Exactly. Which you know it um, works for some for some stuff, but yeah, I I do find most of his films to be a little on the colder side. Um, absolutely. Not that this film well, is without its coldness, but you know, it does have a little. The shining warmth. is very cold. So it's so winter. cold because of the winter. Yeah, <laughs> I mean they're stuck in the hotel in the winter. So there you go. It's cold on top of cold. Yeah. Same with Eyes Wide Shut. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's a Christmas film. It's a classic Christmas tale. If he had directed this one, it would have been set in the winter, and they would have all been in these <laughs> big, giant Eskimo coats and walking around. Jack Nicholson would have actually played J.D. He would have been, like, yeah. you know, yeah. 30 years too old for the part, but yeah, who exactly. cares? <laughs> Seriously, I mean, yeah, I think that, like, the messiness of the... I mean, it's well-directed, for especially for a first film, that, like, this is the first film he directed, oh, yeah, but it, there was sort of a like do-it-yourself vibe that I like about it that's um well, it's, that you the, uh, otherwise, yeah. it's that new world pictures grain mm-hmm. every film yeah. that they made had that weird kind of grainy texture that like even right. if their films cost like five to ten mil it always seemed like they were shot in someone's backyard which i love yeah it's yeah. just it's, it's it's like this beautiful cheapness that i love it's like you could walk into the set of Hellraiser mm-hmm. right from Heather's, you know? It's, Absolutely. It, they're, yeah. They're and then go similar. over to Creepshow 2 and then go over yeah. and see Elvira <laughs> and figure out what she's doing. I mean, yeah. New World never gets enough cred. They put out some yeah. great fucking crazy movies. Mm-hmm. It's like when that logo com- comes up, you just know you're about to be taken on a, on a, on a ride. Uh, yes, a magic carpet ride. Mm-hmm. With slushies and handguns uh-huh. and explosive devices and uh, liquid cleaner poison stuff. Yeah, it's... You could feast on a turbo dog. Again, there's another one that people probably know stuff about, so I don't mm. know. It came out in 1989, you know? Uh, 
did it come out somewhere in 88? Like, every once in a while I see it listed as an 88 film, and I'm like, it's, yeah, but it's 89. I posted I something about it once on Facebook, and the writer mm-hmm. himself said, no, it came out in 89. So I was like, well, okay. I'm going to trust him here. So That must have been a rumor or something. Because, yeah, yeah for, for a while I had seen it listed as 88 some places. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I don't know. Um, but lied. it premiered at Sundance. Yeah, they did. Because it premiered at Sundance right at the beginning of 89 in Janu- on January 21st. Um, notably the day right after George Dub. George H. W. Bush's inauguration. Oh. Um, oh, let's see. We talked about like how weird the country was in the late '80s. You know, it's uh, a lot of you've been under conservative rule for so much so for so long, and then they just elected another guy for four more years. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we like pain in this country. We like apparently, yeah, very masochistic <laughs> time period here in the '80s. Yeah, let's do that again, but this time hit us harder. <laughs> Yes, yeah, Daddy I mean, George. Down economics. Yeah, <laughs> I like how we ignored AIDS. That was great. Oh, yeah, gosh, let's keep it ignoring just... it, man. It works so well. It's insane. Insane. Uh, and then the, the, I've said this like a million times before, but like the Cold War is winding down and people are looking more inward. So we're starting to get more of these stories that are about just people having issues with each other as opposed to fighting some big force from overseas or anything else. Um, so we get a, even like on the horror thriller side, thrill, eh, thriller side of things, we get a lot of films like Nightmare on Elm Street, which I mean that is against like an invading force, but it still is about like a family unit and like the, you know uh, trauma being passed down and yada yada yada. Well, and also um, the in, and then, invading force did used to be a human, you know, this random yes, person in their life. So it's it's you know, it's supernatural, but started yeah, we'll, we'll out human, it. you know. So yeah, it works. Um, and it has the kind of that some of that suburban suburbia of like. Uh, uh, satire a little bit in there and everything mm-hmm. else too um and then of course all the yuppies and peril movies and fatal attraction in 87 and the stepfather and, uh and then all the dark comedies kind of had that vibe too you had like you know the witches of eastwick which was kind of about this fucked up family unit and um friendships and uh beetlejuice you know was centered around that family and war of the roses and she devil scenes for the class struggle in beverly hills it's like a lot of these really dysfunctional suburbia family movies mm-hmm. around this time period Oh, what a lovely time. Uh, this one was kind of in response to all those sort of coming-of-age 80s teen movies that were popular, you know, like Sixteen Candles and Adventures in Babysitting and Pretty in Pink and Say Anything, etc., 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 kind of satirizing those a little bit. Uh, there were a couple that were darker in that period. I mean, The Breakfast Club is, it's not super dark, but at least, like, goes there more than it some tries. of the other ones did. Oh, then there's like risky business. Well, I, don't, I still don't really know what's going on in that movie. Like, but yeah, it, um, it well, it's was about an dark, entrepreneur, uh, is what it's about. Yeah. <laughs> I guess a young entrepreneur who decides to. It's like almost a not film. even a. Yeah, it's not even really a teen movie, and yet it's always sort of uh, thrown in there with other teen movies. Like, yes, it revolves around a teenager, but like True, the story yeah. has nothing to do with like coming of age or anything else. But yeah, not, I guess, not I guess really. kind of. But I mean, I, I yeah, it is one of those interesting teen films. It seems like it's more geared yeah. towards adults. In a way, yeah, like it, it does. But it does. It's it's a good time. It's a good movie. Yeah, I like that it's, one. It's it's very strange him having sex on a train and everything else. But <laughs> oh, um, like you've never had sex on a train, Kevin. <laughs> God, come on. There's still time. Okay, there's still time. <laughs> You're not dead yet. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Although in this in in this COVID era, it's it's very risky business indeed. So I know. <laughs> have sex on a train. Extra risky business. <laughs> it was nasty before. Now it's just really nasty. <laughs> Super duper. Risky business. Indeed. That's the sequel. Yes. They have sex on a COVID train. 
It'll probably get a sequel sometime. They're making the Top Gun sequel, so <laughs> let's just remake all of Tom Cruise's <laughs> movies, right? If you're going to do a sequel to a Tom Cruise movie, Risky Business would be a great idea. <laughs> I would like to see where they all are now. That would be fun. Top Gun, I'm like, A sequel with him, like, coaching some other teenage uh, <laughs> pimp to... <laughs> Why Only the it'll be a woman not? this time. We'll, we'll, we'll make it a, a woman. Yeah. yeah. A young lady coming of age. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, hey, I would go see that. That sounds fun. I would see it. I, I mean. <laughs> Green light. Um, Someone, please. Paging New World Pictures. Yeah. Oh. Not that they exist anymore, but paging them anyway. <laughs> this was like the last movie, right? It literally was. Yeah. Closed down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I th- think it was this and Elvira, maybe. Cause Elvira, I remember right, yeah. they kind of dropped the ball on that release, too, because they didn't have any yeah. money. <laughs> they are like, we're going to put this right. in three theaters. Good luck. Then, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, it bombed. What a shock. I don't know how that happened. Mm-hmm. What else? So Daniel Waters began writing the screenplay in 1986 in the spring um, while he was working at a video store. He then went on, of course, to write some other satirical, dark comedy stuff like Batman Returns and... Happy Campers and Demolition Man and Sex and Death 101, which I saw once and it was okay. I didn't see that. Was that the one with, was it Simon Baker? Yeah, the guy with the the giant eyebrows. Yeah, I believe that's him. (laughs) Maybe, I don't know. Like British. They got Devil Wars Prada, that's all I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And I think he was in, was it The Ring 2? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Simon Baker, yeah. Yeah. He wanted to create a specific set of slang and style of speech for the film to ensure that it had more of sort of a timeless quality as opposed to reflecting specific teenage language of the time. Um, it's, it's, it's an interesting blend in that way. Yeah, you do get some like usage of words that sound very 80s, but maybe that's because the film itself has become so iconic of the 80s, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it, it does have its own kind of strange vocabulary. I mean, yeah. really the most yeah. 80s thing about it is like the shoulder pads and the hair, which I like. Mm-hmm. So it, it does it is yeah. sort of timeless in its own strange way. And just like the way it's sh- shot, too, doesn't yeah. feel like any of the other 80s teen films. Like it almost feels like it's like an Italian horror film sometimes. Like yeah, it's like true. bright true. reds and blues. And I'm like, this is gorgeous. <laughs> it's real pretty. Yeah. Especially in like that, dream. that dream sequence where she's yeah. talking about Heather and then, yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it, it does have a very sort of ethereal vibe to it at mm-hmm. times. and uh, um, But yeah, that's the, 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 the whole, the language aspect is one of my favorite parts of the film. Oh, totally. Just, uh, the fact that they they take these words, much like we talked about with Scream, where they, they take these words that like already exist and then they combine them together in ways that you're like, oh, I would never have thought to you know put that together you know mm-hmm. like, fuck me gently with a chainsaw like who would ever like think to like put those words together that that way i don't know i think it's the gently thrown in the middle that just puts yeah. it over the top yeah yeah <laughs> I love it. the attention One to of detail the greatest yeah. lines of all time yeah i mean so come good. on it's so good that better be on um, like an afi 1000 best quotes list somewhere oh it's gotta be there's so many one-liners in this that just yeah, it's like know, which ones do you so pick much. jeez it's like they're yeah. all great and you know you can feel the influence in so many other things that came after this mm, absolutely it, even you know all, all the teen click movies like mean girls and jawbreaker and uh cruel intentions to some degree you know just uh, but then also stuff like the craft and drop dead gorgeous probably and there's mm-hmm. so many of these movies you can feel like drew from this um, oh yeah even the like the deadpanness, I would say stuff like Adam's Family Values, you can feel that in there with just, oh, just the, the deadpan delivery of everything. And uh, so yeah, it's uh, very formative in that regard. 
I can't think of like too much else like this before it. Like, the, and there aren't too many uh, yeah. movies that I'm like, you know. I mean, um, I I can see a little bit of it in like the Coen Brothers stuff, like that kind of like darkly yeah. comic violence. Really, it had been done a tiny bit, but not really as in as big of a way as it was in this film. Where it's a film about violence and did death but it's also a comedy and it's also really funny so it's like like i can see it in like fargo a bit like that kind of you know we're right. th- throwing bodies in wood chippers yet it's still really funny <laughs> kind of thing and, I, and that was after heather so yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. i think I, th- I think even raising arizona came out the same or no a year before heather so right, there's a yeah. little bit of that mm-hmm. vibe but yeah maybe some of the paul bartell stuff um Mm-hmm. Oh, vibe. yeah, yeah. A little bit of that vibe. Um, Definitely, yeah. There's yeah. some sort of eating Raul Rao, esque stuff. Eating I mean, just Rao, the yeah. whole concept of, okay, yeah. let's kill people who kind of suck just because, you know, yeah. we, we can. We're kind of d- doing the world a service. That whole thing is very eating Raul. And probably the, the main difference there is that, like, most of his stuff was more kind of indie, and then this was actually, like, let's bring mm-hmm. it to the uh, mainstream a little bit more. So that, I think that really kind of started to take off here. So, yeah, like we said, he wanted Kubrick to direct, but couldn't get him. So instead they got Michael Lehman instead, um, who he met through a mutual friend. Lehman agreed to uh, helm the film with producer Denise DeNova, who has produced a lot of Tim Burton's films and other stuff. Um, this was Lehman's first directing credit after supervising cameras on uh, The Outsiders earlier in the decade. So he had some experience with at least teen-centered stuff. Um, I guess you could call them teenagers. They're all, like, 20s in that movie, if I remember right. Don't you... <laughs> um, you have just pissed on my childhood. <laughs> they are... They're they all fucking teenagers. I mean, They're it was teenagers. a... Yeah. <laughs> I want to believe. Stay gold, pony boys. Stay gold. <laughs> that movie was a major awakening for many a gay oh, child. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> they rolled that in on, on that TV cart for English class, mm-hmm. and we were all changed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For the better. <laughs> this was like still like Layman's biggest uh, credit too. Like he he did some other stuff, but not anything really this notable. He's done a lot I mean, of tr- TV. Truth about cats and dogs. Is, right? Yeah, like, like that's true. He did a lot of TV. Yeah. In terms of films, he really only did like the Apple Gates and Airheads and the Truth About Cats and Dogs, which is a fun little romantic comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple others, but nothing. Yeah, nothing big. But yeah, he did some stuff for SNL, and then he directed a lot of TV. So um, he's he's. Still working and, you know, doing stuff. He's still alive, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, I yeah, believe. Yeah. Good for him. <laughs> yes. It's hard to stay alive these days, as we've seen. With it's hard to everyone keep Everyone dying. Yeah, I mean, like three, everyone dying. Like, every three seconds. I know. God. It's sad. Oh. Uh, like, remember gosh. that person from your ch- childhood? They died. Mm-hmm. And that it's one, too. Sad. Guess what? They died five minutes after that. Died. Everyone's dying. It's no longer the rule of threes. Now it's just like a free for all. Anyone can die. <laughs> it's the rule of thirties. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's horrifying. Yeah, I guess uh, there were some changes to the script at some point because initially JD was going to actually blow up the school, and then they were going to have a final scene set in heaven with like a surreal like a prom, prom gathering, yeah. and yeah, <laughs> and executives were like, eh, I don't know about this. <laughs> Well, then there was also an ending I heard about where Veronica goes up to Martha at the end, and she's like, hey, do you want to come over and get some new releases? And Martha pulls out a knife and stabs her in the stomach. 
and says like fuck you heather and she's like my name's veronica <laughs> like, I mean, that, that sounds guy, right? great <laughs> I was like, I'd be okay with that ending too, but yeah, yeah I I do like the happier ending though. I I I think it's nice. It's uplifting. It works pretty well. You know? Veronica does get off like fairly scot free here. I mean, yeah. not that she she didn't. I mean, she didn't know what JD was going to do, but like no. there are moments where it's like, did she know? I, you know? They kind of imply. I don't know. I, well, I also heard that originally she was a little more complicit in the the crimes, and they they mm. kind of softened her up a bit. She and I think there was but... another – I think the the yearbook guy was supposed to get killed too in like a hot tub or something. Mm. There there were like some mm. extra people that were going to get killed, I, I think. Was so. this Valentine? I, and maybe. I don't know. Came b- <laughs> before it, so maybe it did. I don't know. This was actually a slasher film initially, but <laughs> – I mean with a few tweaks, it could easily be one. I mean the oh, score so, of the yeah. film already sounds like a weird like – synthy horror film and then they have all the crazy right. lighting i'm like it could easily go into horror a bit and in fact oh, yeah. i i heard that new world was trying to market the film as a horror film at at first because mm. they they didn't know like how to market this movie <laughs> which is it understandable would be difficult. yeah i mean yeah. it's i mean e, even the the poster is just winona and christian next to a blackboard just being like hey it's right. us and it doesn't really tell you anything about the movie because it's hard to market right. this movie. Yeah, I don't. I don't. There, there was nothing really like this before this. So mm-hmm. how would you, you know, go about? Exactly. It's, it's a comedy, but it's a very, very dark comedy. And yeah, it's uh, about as dark as comedies get. I think it's pretty. Yeah, I don't. Pretty, pretty nasty. Yeah, yeah. While still being funny, like that's, yeah. that's, like <laughs> sometimes I'll hear something called a dark comedy. I'm like, this isn't funny at all. Why yeah. how is this a dark comedy? And yeah, this is still funny. Like it's it was like there was well, one scene be where this, but, like, someone said something snarky. I don't know. Is is that yeah. a comedy? <laughs> like, is that a comedy now? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's so ridiculous. But uh, yeah, it's a hard balance. And uh, absolutely. Um, I think we talked about that a little bit. I mean the. Uh, the stepfather different genre but still like they marketed it as a straight out slasher film as opposed mm-hmm. to you know more of a family thriller because they had no idea what to do with it and um right it's uh it, it was just a weird time i think you had a lot of these sort of newer forces coming to the mainstream and mm-hmm. just having no idea how to market them and it was right yeah, yeah i mean in that regard. even to this day i don't know it, if if i was in the marketing department of a studio and i got a film like this yeah. i'd be like i don't know how to how to sell this like it's it's because it's not even now that there have been more films kind of like this none of them as we've discussed before have ever been big hits you know that they they've all mostly gone on to kind of be more cult hits so Mm -hmm. even to this day no one knows how to market a a film like this like if you look at say the marketing for jennifer's body which is a film that i think has a very similar tone to this film the marketing for that was just like, look, it's Megan Fox. She gets naked. She's hot. She's got blood in her mouth. She's bad. Right. And like, that's it. Yeah. And you're like, well, what's this yeah, about? It's you true. know? Like, <laughs> and like, Tragedy Girls didn't even get like a wide release. Oh, God, no. And yeah. And that's yeah. a great movie. So what it the is, hell? And it definitely. Ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Very influential, but very few films like it have. Probably the closest thing is Mean Girls, and that doesn't commit quite to the dark comedy as much, but it no. still has the you know click stuff to it. Although I do have to say, the first time I saw that, um, when uh, Regina is hit by the bus at the end, yeah, 
the audience was la- laughing so hard that all I heard was, and that's how Regina George died. And then it was this huge guffaw. So I didn't hear the the next part, which, which was like the whole like just <laughs> k- k- kidding part. So I was yeah. like, this movie has such balls. They just killed her off. This is amazing. Yeah. And then yeah. she showed showed back up at the prom, and, and I and I was like, what the fuck? They should have just killed her. I was so right. mad. Yeah, it's like this is stupid. How dare they? It's true. But I still love it's like the movie. that one leans a little bit into it and then it pulls it back. One of those yeah. you know, things. And uh, um, I mean, I still love it. I think it's oh, I think know, it's, it's great quotable movie. and yeah. quotable and everything else. But you know. Um, but we're not talking. We're not talking about Mean Girls. We're so, not. Um, Wait, we aren't. What the hell? I'm so confused. Maybe right? sometime. But we'll I see. don't understand. Where are we? <laughs> that movie's almost what? Don't don't not, do old, not but... say it. Do not <sighs> fucking say it. <laughs> this one's almost what thirty five. It's, it's um. A, you know. It came out the year I was born, so thirty two. Yes, thirty two. Yeah. For now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's how math works. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I'll blink and it'll be thirty five. Oh, I hate it. I, know. I was thinking about some movie that came out in like 2019. I'm like, that was like last year. And I'm like, no, that was uh, three years ago now at this point. And, uh... <laughs> oh, kill me now. <laughs> it's sad. Oh. oh. On an unrelated note, teen suicide rates were on the rise in the late 80s. <laughs> and... Uh... <laughs> I think that probably hurt the movie a little bit too. I think you had a lot of critics being like, "Oh, this is this is a movie about teen suicide, and yeah. this is going to make kids want to kill themselves," even though it's Ugh. not really. It's because nobody actually kills themselves in the movie except for Martha tries to, but everybody else yeah. is uh, murdered. You and know? the message too is pretty much like this is ridiculous, you know. And and that's yeah. what I I don't get. Apparently, the script was very con controversial at the time, like. Daniel Waters was trying to get the film made and they were like, this is a great script. We can't actually produce this movie, but it's great. Will you work on our other project instead? You know, so it was really tough. And then uh, apparently there were some some kids that were um, that had auditioned to be in the film and then their parents decided to not let let them be in the film. And one of them was Heather Mm -hmm. Graham, who was cast as Heather McNamara. And then her parents yeah. were like, nope, not going to do it. This script is too controversial. Right. That's crazy. And there was weird stuff with Shannon Doherty where, like, she thought she was she getting into it was a, a drama. movie. So it was <laughs> <Yeah>. a drama. <laughs> Which works for the crime. film, though. It totally yeah, works. Because she plays it so right. straight. Right. She had issues with them, like, cursing and stuff at the time, mm-hmm. which is funny, because she went on to do, like, mall rats and stuff. And yeah. It's like, okay. But at the time, <laughs> she was like, oh, I'm, I'm a good, you know, Christian girl. I don't like that you're using these uh, curse words and everything else. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> like, I guess they did a showing of it, and she, like, ran out crying when she found out it was, a, yes, <laughs> like, she, a, a dark comedy. She was like, no one told me it was a comedy. <laughs> but I, oh, I truly think that sometimes that's how the best comedies are made because you have to play it really straight for it to work and a lot of times if if you tell someone that they're in in a comedy they start doing the crazy character voices and making the faces and and it's like and then it's just ridiculous because no one really acts like that and so just to tell them it's a drama kind of works in the film's favor yeah totally uh, yeah, because of them, you know, it may be funny to us, but yeah. to these characters, they they, they, they think it's pretty yeah. uh, serious here. The stakes um, are high. It's life or death, you know? It's, it's it's real. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 it's, it's interesting going back and forth between, like, the Scream movies and, and this, because you can, you can just feel, like, all that cynicism and everything that really 
came into horror and stuff in the mid '90s was really, you know, in, in at least you know, starting to come up in the um, late '80s here with mm-hmm. you know uh, this vibe and the satire of it all, and um, it's it's just uh, fascinating to see how the DNA connects and goes from one product to the other and everything else. But yeah, yeah, I, I would not be surprised if Kevin Williamson was at least partially influenced by this movie. Oh, I feel like I'd be shocked be if he wasn't. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um. Oh, what else? Um, yeah, in in response to the you know, the suicide complaint, I think Layman said it's a satire about all sorts of things, um, but not necessarily teen suicide. The movie is about the general perception of teenagers and the speed at which a community is able to believe that murders are suicides. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yada 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 yada. No one commits suicide in the movie. Points out um, Lizanne Falk. Um, they are murdered. Heather's is actually a revenge fantasy. True. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's one of those movies that if you go in watching it with with one state of mind and be like, "This is a movie about this," then you're probably going to have those ideas, you know, validated in your head. But like, if you come in with an open mind, then you're like, "Okay, maybe this movie could be about anything. Maybe you'll actually see what they're actually talking about." You know? Right. I don't know. Um, what else here? Uh, like you said, a lot of actors. And actresses turned down the project because it was too dark at the time. I think River's Edge had that come out yet. I think that had just that come out around this time too. Seven or eighty-eight. Yeah, that was pretty dark too. It wasn't a comedy, but it was. It was definitely not a com- kind of dark comedy. I don't think. I don't think yeah. it's re- referred to as a dark comedy, is it? I don't know. I don't think so. Um, it's more of a drama. Yeah. Yeah. A, a really yeah dark angsty one. Um, yeah. A lot of a lot of angst just to building up here, and it, it, that comes through in like Twin Peaks in a couple years after this too. And mm-hmm. it's just it's 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 just a weird time. We talked about this period. It's just you know, how do you put your finger on what was going on when it's just very odd. Absolutely. Um, uh, Winona Ryder like begged the studio to get this part. Um, she even offered to work for free. She really wanted it. Um, I think she had just done Beetlejuice. I don't know if, if it had filmed already or not. But, I think it had, um, yeah, because that was 88 when that came out, right? 88, yeah. Yeah, yeah so well, it should have. Um, the original choice by Dan Waters was Jennifer Connelly for that mm-hmm. part, which is interesting. I mean, yeah, I think that they said it was between sort of Justine Bateman and Jennifer Connelly. Yeah, I could definitely see Jennifer Connelly in that role. Yeah. Um, I don't know if she'd be as funny and kind of quirky though i don't know i yeah i think it, yeah. it, it would be a very different kind of a movie it might be a darker yeah. film with her yeah for sure for sure um i think they thought that writer was a little too well they could only see her as her like a beetlejuice character probably where mm-hmm. it was like a little too sullen and you know um they need, they need someone who was a little more you know uh who could play a popular girl or whatever. right but it works because it feels like this girl has sort of been picked from obscurity and mm-hmm. made popular you know it's um very similar to mean girls in that regard of like how we take this girl who um, maybe doesn't quite look the part but then with some makeup and everything else looks you know like they're supposed to look mm-hmm. as a popular girl you know yeah. um and brad pitt read for the role of jd i guess yeah. that was a thing yeah um, yeah he actually probably w- would have been pretty decent at that but not as good as christian slater but yeah, before I, he became really mainstream he was that's pretty decent. the thing is that i just i can't see anyone else but christian slater in this part yeah. and it seems like it's a, yeah. every time they try to turn it into a musical or a tv show it, i don't think it works because they don't have christian slater because you have to have so, someone that you can believe 
you'd be kind of along the ride for, you know, like yeah. if it's just some like random generic pretty guy, it's just they're, they're, who cares? Like, why would you continue to follow this guy down this dark path? But right. when they have the kind of right. swagger and charm of Christian Slater, it's like, I get it. Like, if I was Veronica, maybe I'd be in the same boat. I don't know. You know, like you just kind of get it more. Right. It's a young Charles Manson kind of thing, you know. He's yeah. able to get people to do exactly what he wants them to do because he's, you know, has this kind of cool vibe to him, and mm-hmm. um, he, he doesn't seem like he would be dangerous. But you no, know, that's uh, those are the ones you got to look out for. But, exactly. It's uh, just this, or or he seems like he's making a joke out of anything dangerous, yeah. you know, like with firing guns off in school. But they're not real guns, <laughs> you know. They, they're just blank, so it's he's not going to hurt yeah. anybody. You know? Okay, maybe that's the one scene that hasn't aged well. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, because if if this film was made now and they did that scene, the film would be over. He'd be in prison. Oh, yeah. Like there's just n- right. no getting around that, you know? Like oh yeah, well yeah. Just... This was before all the school shootings. And oh everything, yeah, you know, around the country and everything else. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I saw the musical when it first opened off Broadway. I was in New York City um, doing stuff for that the craft show that I was working on, and mm-hmm. we saw a preview for it, and like. It just didn't really work very well for me. It's like some of the songs are catchy, but it's it's so over the top. And I think mm-hmm. the the movie works to a large degree because everything is so deadpan and straight faced and playing everything so serious. Whereas they played everything for camp in the musical, and it was just like, right. you know, it was the same guy who did Legally Blonde and everything. It's like I just didn't really get the vibe that they were trying to um, uh, get across. But yeah, I don't I, know. I people seem to like it, so I don't know. The reason this film works is because the performances are played pretty straight. Yeah. But it's it's everything around them. It's the style, the way it's shot, the the costumes, the hair, the music that really makes it just kind of heightened and sort of weird. Yeah, it, and so the, the weirdness. Yeah, yeah, it's not really campy. It's just weird. You know, it's like yeah, this yeah. strange vibe you can't really put your finger on. Yeah, surrealist kind. Yeah, of Yeah, very thing. much yeah. so. It's very dr- dr- uh, dreamlike and kind of just yeah. slightly off, and you're not really sure why. I mean, even the first scene. You know, it's just mm-hmm. this weird croquet game, and then at the end, her head is in in the ground. Like, it's so, like, what a way to open a movie. It's like, what is this yeah. movie? <laughs> How did right, she get exactly. in there? <laughs> like, what? Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's a it's a hard thing. And I didn't watch the, the TV show. I think I watched one episode of it. The same. Just didn't finish it. I heard, I it, heard was it got better. Okay. But I yeah. just, I was like, I'm not getting the charisma from jd or veronica really and i was like i don't really care yeah yeah and it was just sort of eh. yeah i don't know and of course people tore it to shreds probably before they even saw it so who knows i seem who to knows? remember that being a thing because the heathers were now like the sort of social justice types like sort of like mm-hmm. very twitter tumblr people mm. um and so people who identify that way were like oh my god they're making us the villains how dare you mm-hmm without actually yeah. seeing it so i don't yeah. know i mean the first episode didn't really say they weren't the villains but i i didn't continue right. to watch i think i heard it it got a little bit more nuanced as it went went along maybe one day i'll give it a shot but i i, mm-hmm. I think they've they've tried to scrub that from the internet completely like it's really hard to find it i've heard that it's because it was very controversial for some for some reason. I don't yeah, know. and then I think there was an e- yeah. episode later on that involved like a lot of school violence, and I think it was right ar- around the time of some, you know, school a- 
yeah, tack, which yeah, you know, of right. course, in the yeah. U.S. is like every week, so it's never really a right, exactly. good a good yeah. a good time to do that. Um, yeah. So I think yeah. they had to change an episode or like cut a big ch- chunk That's of it right. out or That's something. Right. Yeah. It yeah. was just I don't know. It was just it was plagued with controversy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But what know. a mess! I'll give it a shot one what of these days, maybe. Eventually, maybe yeah. life is short, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah. life is very <laughs> short indeed. <laughs> What was that other one that I, it seemed like it kind of had a little bit of a Heather's vibe too? That people really seemed to either love or hate. It was about like a, a beauty pageant, the beauty queen type thing where, who was like yeah. fat, and then she lost weight, and then she got hot, yeah. and people were like, "You're yeah. fat shaming her," or, or yeah. something. It was something that really only like four people on Twitter were upset yeah. with, but there was like a petition to cancel it. Right. What was that? Sh- um. It was like it had Alyssa Milano in quenchable it. Quenchable yeah. or unquenchable. I don't, I don't know. Un, um, yeah. Not quenchable. What the hell am I talking about? Like, um, oh, shit. Um, it was like, was it Dallas Roberts was in that too? It was. Um, oh, insatiable? insatiable. Insatiable. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, That's yeah, what it yeah. was. Yeah. 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 I think I saw an episode or two of that and I, I liked it and I was going to keep yeah. going with it, but something happened. And I, I just stopped watching it. Right. Me too. You look, um, you look- give that a go at some point did that get a second um, season i kept i think it did, it did which is weird because it was so like uh, people trashed on it the first yeah. one so much but uh yeah i don't know who knows it's a weird time now you can't really do anything it's no. uh, how it is because people can't look past the surface like we said yeah. many times. it's yeah. like if you kill a char- character with blonde hair you're like why do you hate blonde people like it's like oh my god mm-hmm. get over it jesus oh mm-hmm. people have got to calm the fuck down I know. Um, anything else here? Um, so uh, they shot um, in '88. Looks like spring-ish, spring-summer-ish, on a budget of three million dollars. Filmed in Los Angeles, even though it's set in Ohio, much like Scream Two. <laughs> and released to the public in March 1989. As we said, of course, New World Pictures went bankrupt, or were going bankrupt, and uh, it was a big flop as a result, probably, and uh, earned 177000 in its opening weekend, and ultimately did get $1.1 million, so a third oh, of its budget, which oh, is not good. Sad. But, uh, oh, that's so depressing. But it's had such a like huge cult following over the years. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's probably made up. Like, the actors themselves probably didn't get any of the, the mm-hmm. money, but, like, it, it has made so much money in products and everything yeah. else. It's, you know, it's... VHS, TV rights, DVD sales. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it's 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 probably gotten kind of a second and third wind by this point. Yeah. And it kicked off some of these careers, really. I mean... Oh, God, yeah. Uh, you know, Christian Slater made a whole, like, career out of this role, basically. And, <laughs> uh, and uh, I, I think it... Winona Ryder, I mean, she was already known for Beetlejuice, but still, it, it just kept her going. And, um, yeah, Shannon Doherty, I, I think this was her really breakout performance here. And, uh, oh, yeah, so, I mean, the, yeah. they, they got careers out of them. Not everybody, but some of them mm-hmm. um, did pretty well. Um, uh, Ebes gave the film 2.5 out of 4 stars. He said it is a morbid, morbid comedy about peer pressure in high school, about teen suicide, and about the deadliness of cliques, and not only... That not only exclude, but also maim and kill. So okay. basically, he just gave a plot synopsis. <laughs> Thank Great. you, Ebert. Wow. <laughs> no comments about not how be- beautiful Winona was? Or, I mean, I, nothing? 
It's because she was playing a teenager and he didn't want to be weird, but yeah. I think she was a teenager. I think she and Christian were actually like 16 or 17 here, right? They were young. Yeah, because yeah. they're, not, they're not super old now, yeah. No, they're like maybe 50-ish. Yeah. Yeah. Because I just uh, saw Christian Slater on some talk show and I was like, oh my god, you've aged well. Like, mm-hmm. Jesus. I didn't ex- ex- expect that. Yeah, they're both like 50, 52, so Oh, yeah, yeah that's that's nothing. They're they're babies. That's not bad. Yeah, basically. God. Um but generally speaking, critics were very big on this movie, which kind of surprises me for a dark yeah. comedy, but uh <laughs> it has like a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes Whoa. and that's with 56 critics and uh That's really good. So uh but I think it's probably one of those things that just had such a cult following over the years that like people that wanted to see it slowly found it and watched mm-hmm. it themselves and they liked it and uh, uh, I, I I feel like if it had opened wide in theaters it probably would have maybe been worse critic reviews because maybe. I don't know maybe that so many people saw it and but I don't know who knows um, well I don't think this is a film even if it came to like middle America today it wouldn't catch yeah. catch on there's no way in hell it just it just wouldn't it's right. not the kind of a movie that everyone's going to love it's just not true and that's unfortunate true. because it's a yeah. perfect fucking movie but you know okay yeah whatever yeah y'all are allowed to have bad taste it's not a crime punishable by law right. yet we'll right. see <laughs> yeah um maybe people were just ready for something more intelligent too you know yeah. at the time that there just weren't many satirical films in the 80s that you know were self-referential and and there were a couple but this was really the thing that kicked off a lot of that stuff in the mm-hmm. 90s um uh people were a little headier headier they were you know wanted something that challenged them a little bit more at least some people not everybody but yeah. putting it in. um and uh yada 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 um. Yeah, I don't know. We we talked about most of the stuff. I I just love the quirky characters, and I like the witty satirical dialogue, like we talked mm-hmm. about, and um, the the style of it, like we said, and um, yeah, I don't know. That's most of the big stuff. So, uh, what's going on here? Well, it opens with a little friendly croquet game between the Heather's. You have Heather Chandler, Heather McNamara, and Heather Duke, and they're all color core coordinated. With red, mm-hmm. yellow, and green, so it's easy to keep them um, separate. And uh, and th- it's a very surreal scene because yeah. then they they hit the last ball and it lands on Veronica's head, and Veronica is buried in the ground. It's like a weird hallucination dream scene kind of thing. Yeah. And she's writing in her diary, and she's having problems because she's part of this really popular clique of the Heathers even though she's a Veronica and, uh, and she's just sort of like in this weird place where she's not sure she still wants to be a part of this clique. Cause they're kind of assholes. Cause they get her to like forge the, the jocks handwriting and slip, slip it to like the nerdy fat girl and try to make, yeah. make her think that he wants her. It's just like really mean shit. And it's she's just like, you know, yeah. we need to grow up. And Heather Chandler's like, fuck me gently with the chainsaw. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're not going to do that. And they have this lunchtime poll thing. And she thinks that they should open it up to more pe- people in the cafeteria. You know, just like the nerds yeah. as well as the jocks. And Heather Chandler's not thrilled with this because she runs this click with an iron fist. 
and um, they do, and uh, and their their question of the day is um, if the world was ending and you won this big check, what would you do with the money? And pretty much everyone's just like really like surfacey and ridiculous. Um, but there's this new guy in town. His name is JD. The new guy in town. Look at him over there. And um, and uh, short short for uh, Jason Dean. Yes, like James Jason Dean. Dean. Yes. <laughs> and um, so Veronica's like immediately kind of smitten with this guy. Also, because he stands up to these two jocks, Kurt and Ram, who are just these stupid, like, misogynist, homophobic assholes. And they don't like that he's talking to Veronica and Heather, so they go up there to, like, scare him. <laughs> and yeah. and um, he pulls a gun on them. And it's loaded with blanks, though. But it's enough to make them pee their pants. Yeah, and it's, it's um, true. like in a like typical teen movie before this, you'd have a character like this, but it would be more like he's just kind of the cool guy, you know? Yeah. He's the he's just kind of a nice. Generally, he has good intentions, and mm-hmm. uh, he's a rebel without a cause. But yeah. uh, not this guy. This guy no, is he's does a not rebel have good intentions with a cause. He's a re- with, with a cause, not great intentions though. No, <laughs> not great intentions. <laughs> and so Veronica's talking about him and how he's dreamy and stuff while they're playing croquet, and Heather Chandler's all like. You know, I thought you were done with high school, guys. We're going to a party at Remington University, and you better, like, just make sure that you don't blow it tonight, girl, because if not, it's keggers with kids all next year and stuff, because they're juniors, and they're about to be seniors, you know. Did you have a brain tumor for, for breakfast? breakfast? That's a good one. <laughs> First you asked to be red, knowing I'm always red. <laughs> and they, they're really hard on poor Heather Duke. Um, she's got her nose in a copy of Moby Dick that comes back later. And, um, she's just, she kind of just is like, she seems a little scatterbrained and, you know, she's just sort of like their scapegoat at times. And, um, then they all leave and Veronica has this little weird relationship with her parents. Like, it's really hard to describe. They're like, they're, they're very kind of distant. Like they don't really speak Mm -hmm. like their parent child. Because, like, I mean, her dad's just like, God damn, why won't someone tell me why I read these spy novels? And she's just like, because you're an idiot. And he's like, oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> they're having conversations, but they're not really talking about anything. Like, no. the parents are preoccupied with other stuff. Like, they mm-hmm. can't be bothered. And yeah. That's sort of the, the – the, the, one of the themes of the movie is the sort of the distant parents who Absolutely. kind of often – they have their own problems. They're not really thinking about the kids at all. and. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, Veronica gets ready for the party at Remington University, and they stop off at um, Snappy Snack Shack, <laughs> which is like a Seven Eleven type, you know. And yeah. Heather Chandler wants some cor- corn nuts, BQ, of course, you know. And uh, <laughs> and she runs into JD, and he's all like, "Hey, it's me, JD." And um, he doesn't actually say that, but um, they flirt, and he offers to buy her a slushy, and she sort of tells him like she doesn't really like her friends that much, and he's like, "Yeah, I don't really like your friends either." <laughs> and um, and so then she she goes off to this party, and it's a disaster because she's linked up with this like douchey dude who's just like trying to get into her pants and it's just a disaster and the line, the line he has like save the speeches for malcolm x i just want to get laid <laughs> like you don't deserve my fucking speech 
And um, and Heather Chandler is this moment I really love. It's a moment after she's just blown this like frat dude, and she goes into the bathroom and mm-hmm. she like gets this sip of water and she just like looks disgusted at herself in the mirror and she just like spews the water up on the mirror and it's just this great like little yeah. self hating moment that kind of takes the character from just being like the sort of cliche queen bee bitch to like this interesting like sort of self-loathing person which is really interesting um, doesn't last long but yes. it, it does not no because then veronica makes the mistake of vomiting on heather and heather's not thrilled about it and she's like you know you stupid bitch like you've embarrassed me like you're you're gonna be so screwed come monday morning because i'm gonna tell everybody at school that you're just ridiculous and um and (laughs) i just love that line where 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 she's like i got you into a remington party and how do you repay me i get paid in puke and then she just goes lick it up baby lick it up (laughs) lick it up (laughs) and so veronica goes back home and writes in her journal with her little monocle which i think is pretty fancy i like it and um and then JD just like sneaks into her bedroom and he's like, Oh, sorry. Should have knocked. She's like, it's okay. And he's like, you want to play a game of crow of croquet? And they go out there and they have sex in the croquet mm-hmm. field. And, um, they decide to get back at Heather Chandler. So the next day they sneak in for breakfast at Heather Chandler's and mix her up a little concoction. They're thinking like milk and orange juice. Maybe that'll make her throw up. And he's like, how about this Drano? And she's like, that's funny. That'll kill her. And he's like, okay, (laughs) cool. Um, And he pours it into a cup and they make out and she takes the wrong cup. So she gets the cup of the Drano without knowing it. And so they go into Heather Chandler's room. And of course she's still just completely unrepentant and is like, Oh, it's look who it is. It's you with Jesse James here. And she's like, I feel really bad about it here. Heather, just drink this drink. And she's like, I don't want to drink that piss. I don't know what's in it. And by using peer pressure saying she's basically too chicken to, she drinks the cup. And it makes no sense because she's like, um, <laughs> you think I'm just going to drink it because you called me chicken? Apparently you will, girl, because you <laughs> yeah, just did. <laughs> she has no backbone and yeah. she drinks the cup and grabs her throat and has the best final lines of all time. Just <laughs> corn nuts. Corn and nuts. then falls into a glass coffee table dead. Uh. And <laughs> Veronica is you know, a little, little bit shocked. You know, she's like, I just, I just killed, killed my killed best my friend. Best friend. And we're enemy. enemy. <laughs> Same difference. Same difference. <laughs> and so they decide, okay, here's what we can do. You can fake handwriting. So maybe we write a fake suicide note so that pe- people think she killed herself. And this goes according to plan. Everything works. And... <laughs> But, but what they don't realize is that teen suicide is out this year, and homicide is a much healthier, healthier therapeutic, therapeutic expression. expression. Kevin, where do you get the shit? <laughs> Ricky Lake. Scream. The movie. You are pathetic. <laughs> so, like, that line just feels like directly Oh, totally Heather's. Heather's. You know, it's just like, well, because there's there was the line earlier that's, grow up, Heather, bulimia, so 87. Mm-hmm, I love that mm-hmm. line. Um, yeah. And, uh, and yeah, so this kind of rocks the entire town. It rocks the school. And all of a sudden, people who didn't really like her are coming out and saying that they were best friends and that they borrowed each 
each each each other all the other's clothes and I I love the bit where <laughs> they're in the uh, uh, Miss Fli- Fleming's class and Miss Fleming is this sort of hippy dippy let's just love everybody type. She's and, a satire of like all the '60s, <laughs> '70s hippie types. Yeah, who, who they're, they they pretend like they're just trying to do things for for the greater good, but really they're just they want something to do and a, a project to like keep mm-hmm. themselves busy with, essentially. Exactly you know, that, that type of thing. Yeah. And then of course she eventually brings in the t the TV news crews, which just make makes you think, well, maybe this is really all for her own personal gain, you mm-hmm. know? Too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she has Heather's suicide note. And she's like pa- passing it around, and the guy on the um the yearbook staff is like, "I went out with her once, and now I realize it it wasn't me. It it was her because she didn't love herself." And then <laughs> Veronica starts laughing. Then she has to pr- pretend like she's cr- crying. It's just great. It's just wonderful. And I like the, the principal character who's like, well, I don't know if I could do a whole day. Maybe half a day if it was a cheerleader, was a cheerleader. but I can't let them out for that. <laughs> I love the, the English te- teacher, too. It's like, I was impressed with the proper use of the word myriad in a suicide note. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Like, the, all, all the boardroom scenes are just fucking hilarious in this. Yeah. Um, it's like, I've seen a lot of bullshit. Like, angel dust. Sexually provocative exhibits <laughs> featuring <laughs> featuring tennis rackets or something. <laughs> yeah. I'm like I want to see those. Those sound fun. Um, but yeah, so now Heather's turned into like this sort of celebrity, and people have kind of yeah. forgotten that she was basically a monster. Um, She's a martyr now. Exactly. Yeah. And then we meet JD's father, and their relationship is really fucking weird. Because so weird. Like, because the dad calls, um, calls JD's dad, and JD mm-hmm. calls him son, and it's just weird. They talk to each other, yeah. Like their their roles are reversed all the time, it's so and it's fucking it's, it's weird. Very and he's like, re- he gets like a hard on from like blowing up buildings because that's his job. He just like, mm-hmm. and 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 so that's how we start to learn that JD knows how to use like ex- explosive devices, which will come into play later. Mm-hmm. And um, and he has this weird relationship with his mom, where I think it's later in the movie, but he mm-hmm. reveals that his mom walked into a building and just to kill herself essentially yeah. so he has this you know weird relationship with explosives and his dad and everything else I like it where she's like what do you think your dad and he's like I don't really give the guy a lot of thought <laughs> <laughs> but then there's the funeral and I love yeah. this part because the, the part where everybody goes up to her grave and we can hear what's mm. going on inside their minds <laughs> it's just so funny it's great it's great. you know because uh have heather duke is all just like i prayed for the death of heather chandler many times and now i know you understood oh man praise That's jesus <laughs> <laughs> and you have glenn shaddix as this yes. preacher who's just ridiculous mm-hmm. yeah. um they think that the answer can be found in mtv video, video games, games <laughs> but it's with that righteous yeah. dude <laughs> He's a real righteous dude. <laughs> yeah. Did they try to get Edie McClurg for this part? Because that would they that would have worked too. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Glenn Shaddix and Winona Ryder were like a double deal. From it must BLG's have been. Really. It's like I'll do yeah. this movie, but only if Glenn can play yeah. the preacher. And um, as Heather McNamara is dousing her her bangs in the holy water <laughs> to keep them fresh. <laughs> 
<laughs> she asks Veronica if she'd like to come on this double date with Kurt and Ram, the asshole jocks. And she's like, I don't know. And she's like, it'll be really very. Come on, let's go. And she's like, oh, whatever. And in the meantime, Kurt and Ram are um, throwing like homophobic slurs at this poor nerd kid and forcing him to say that he he, he loves to suck pig cocks. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that the assholes are the homophobic ones for the exactly. most part. So that's, that's, that's exactly. Exactly. And I, I do love that scene that when he just start, start starts to go, mmm. <laughs> oh, they're so <laughs> I love to suck pig <laughs> it's kind of funny, um, and and there's that weird scene where like JD is riding by in his motorcycle, and one of them looks, and it's like almost like a weird like homo erotic thing. It's like he's like staring at him, and and he's like, hey, like it's just weird. Um, and so then Veronica goes on this date. And it just is basically them really drunk, tipping cows in a pasture. Do people actually tip cows? Cow tipping? Apparently somewhere, because I've heard it only really in dark comedies, but... (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Later we're going to go cow tipping. You want to join? (laughs) (laughs) So that movie had to have been influenced a little bit by this movie, I would like to think. And then Veronica's decided she's had enough, and Heather McNamara's getting, like, date raped in the ba- in the background. Like, it's <laughs> insane. It's like, what the hell is happening? It is. It's and um, JD shows up, and he's like, what the hell are you doing? And she's like, I just was persuaded into this. And he's like, let's go get a slushy. And <laughs> yeah, he has that line like "Our love is God," and it, they, they turn that entire like that that one line into a giant song in the musical. And I'm like, it's just a yeah. throwaway line. Like I don't. All right. Yeah, it's not like a it's a huge deal, you know. I I mean, yeah. if I was going to musicalize it, I would musicalize "Let's Go Get a Slushy." That's just me. But... Yes, you know. I think <laughs> there is a song there about a slushy. like <laughs> slushies. There's something weird in there, but yeah. Yeah, it, is there something like brain freeze, freeze your, or something? Yeah, freeze yeah. your brain. Yeah, freeze yeah. your brain. Yeah. And and so they go off, and he's like another fucking Heather, you know. And um, the next day at school, she discovers that Kurt and Ram have been spreading this rumor that they had a, and I quote, sword fight in her mouth. And she's not having any of that. So she and JD decide to pull a prank on Kurt and Ram. And she calls them and says that she'd like to meet them um, in the forest behind the, behind the school the next morning and have a little yeah. three-way, you know. And he's like, okay, I've got all this stuff here. I've got, I've got a plan. It's all these homosexual artifacts and we're going to... Like mineral water. Mineral water. (laughs) (laughs) And a Joan Crawford postcard (laughs) and a candy dish, you know, because it's ridiculous. Uh, And he's got this gun and he's like, these are not blanks. They're called Ikluga bullets which i did some research and in german that means i'm lying so if she took (laughs) german she'd know and she wouldn't know and these are just they'll break the skin but they'll just knock them out so that when they're discovered it'll be this huge prank and everyone will be laughing at them haha so Mm. she goes through with it and they meet her and they strip down and then jd pops out and shoots one in like the throat and then goes after the other one, and Veronica's like, "Um, oh, he's not moving. This isn't good." <laughs> and then, um, they get back to the clearing again, and he kills the other one. And Veronica's like, "Uh, they, they don't look good. Like, is 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 this <laughs> is this part of the plan?" And then uh, there's these these two kind of bumbling cops that are kind of just out, out and about, and they 
hear yeah. the noise. And so Veronica and JD have to like run back to the car and pretend to be making out and stuff. And the cops find all this stuff and they find the corpses of Kurt and Ram and they see all the artifacts and they're, and they're like, Oh my God, they were gay. What? Like they were buggering each other. What a waste or something like that. The humanity. (laughs) The humanity. And by the time they get back to school, like everybody knows and they're just spreading the word. And Veronica's like, I didn't know you, you were going to kill them. And JD's like, yeah, you kind of probably did. Like you probably had an idea. And she's like, no, I didn't. And there's that great part where, where she like, she self harms herself with the, um, the, the car's, lighter and then he he lights the cigarette on her on her wound so weird it's so bizarre (laughs) and he says the great line which is like kurt and ram weren't offering anybody anything except um date rapes and age jokes (laughs) yeah it's one of the best lines in the movie and uh great and so yeah like now everyone's like oh my god this is insane and of course there's another funeral and you, that's where you, you have that great that great line where his dad goes up and says, I love my dead gay son. <laughs> my son's a homosexual and I love him. <laughs> I love my dead gay son. <laughs> and See, then, people are learning and um, uh, growing yeah, and th- becoming better people. There's tolerance <laughs> happening. Look at that. Tolerance. It's, it's good murders. <laughs> Maybe not the best circumstances, but yeah. And JD cracks a joke and Veronica laughs. But then um, one of the the victim's younger sister turns and has tears in her eyes. And Veronica sees that. And all of a sudden she's like, oh, this is not good. This is she's got to run home and put it in her diary. And she's like, like, dear uh, diary, my teen angst bullshit now has has a a body body count. count. (laughs) (laughs) And... Um, so she kind of like is freaking out and she basically tells JED that like, she doesn't like what's going on. Cause now Miss Flim is doing this like love in, in the cafeteria and getting a TV crew to like film this ridiculous crap. And they're it's watching so it. Self-indulgent. It's so yeah. ridiculous. And it's the so posturing and fake liberalism. <laughs> it's, so it's just, great. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> oh, oh man, Miss Fleming. Because you know people else. like this. Like I know people like oh, God, this. They yeah. would totally do shit like this. It's Absolutely. Like, anytime somebody passes away, they're like, "I was their best friend," and like you know, uh, I knew everything about them. <laughs> so and... Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so they're watching this big bag of bullshit on TV, and um, and then they also dis- discover that the number one song now is "Teenage Suicide." Don't do it by Big Fun. And um, I guess J- yeah. JD isn't too big of a fan of the, of the song because he blows up the stereo with his gun. And that's basically when yeah. Ver- Veronica's like, okay, I'm out. And he's like, no, you're not. And, he's, and she's like, yeah, because this is ridiculous. I don't like the direction where this is going. I think we need to break up. <laughs> so I guess in in revenge, he calls upon Heather Duke. And um, blackmails her with pictures of her with Martha Dunstock, a.k.a. Martha Dump Truck, as they like to call her, um, who they played the prank on in the opening. And and uh, he says, I'll release these p- pictures unless you do something for me. And you're like, what the hell is he wanting her to do? 
And basically, she kind of becomes the new Heather Chandler. And she in, inherits all the sort of nastiness and all that stuff. Um, and then Heather McNamara isn't having a great time either. Like, she's getting really depressed and stuff. And um, Martha Dunstock decides to kill herself by taping a suicide note to her body and going in, into traffic. But she she doesn't succeed. And yeah. Heather Duke comes by the house and is all like, you know, oh, it's just another example of the losers trying to imitate the popular people and failing miserably. Is that pate? And then slap. <laughs> Veronica just slaps her on the face. And she tries to talk to her parents about this, but of course mm. they don't give a shit. They're just, her dad says something like, what is it? Like, I, what is it? I don't patronize bunny rabbits. <laughs> yeah, or we, so, there's like, we don't want to be patronized like bunny rabbits. I don't patronize bunny rabbits. And her mom's got that very mom quote of like, when teenagers complain that they want to be treated like human beings, it's, it's usually because, because they're being treated, treated like human, human beings. beings. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like, they're okay. Usually just when the conversation is not anything serious, but anytime mm-hmm. the seri- it becomes serious, it's like, we can't talk about this. This is ridiculous. Exactly. Like just deal with it, honey. You know, this is, you know, yeah. <laughs> repressed. And uh, so Heather Duke and Veronica are listening to this hot probs talk show and Heather Mac- McNamara com- comes in and she and she's on the show and she's explaining how she's like failing math and the last guy she had sex with killed himself and all this stuff and she's really <laughs> depressed and so then the next day at school they're making fun of her so she leaves class and goes to overdose on pills in the bathroom yeah. and Veronica stops her and she's all like why are you doing this and stuff and you know and and there's that great quote where she she says, if you were happy every day of your life, you wouldn't be a human being. You'd be a game show host. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then they decide to knock off class and go shopping for shoes. And it's lovely. It's wonderful. It's nice. You know, she saves her from, you know, I like mm-hmm. the part of it. Like, if everyone jumped off a bridge, would you? And she's like, yeah, like probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> we all know someone like that, too. You know, they're, they, yeah. these are very recognizable sort of archetypes. Yeah. They need guidance in their life. You yeah. know, they need someone to tell them that it's okay to do something or not to do something. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, you know. And then we see that Heather Duke has been um, used by JD to get this petition going around school to get yeah. Big Fun to play at prom. Or so mm-hmm. she thinks. But she's been going around basically telling everybody something different that the petition is for. So, like, one person thinks it's to have, like, a hot tub in the cafeteria and shit. And Veronica sort of confronts her, and she's like, it was JD's idea. It's like, why don't you just sign the petition? And she's like, Heather, why are you being such a bitch? And she's like, because I can be. And so it's very clear Veronica, that now, you why know, are you pulling, pulling my, my dick? dick. <laughs> Such a great line. <laughs> I love that. And, uh, and, uh, and, and so then... Um, we come to realize that, um, JD has now returned into Veronica's life and she jokingly says like, how about we go slit Heather Duke's wrist and make it look like a suicide. He's like, now you're talking. But then she's like, you know what? I really don't want, want to do this. Just stay out of my life. You know, I thought you were cool, but you're not cool. I'm out. 
And then she goes home and she realizes that her parents have been visited by J.D. And they're very concerned because he's told them that she is suicidal and they need to keep her away from anything that she could use to kill herself. She goes into her room and she finds this big fun Barbie doll like hung from the <laughs> ceiling in, in, in a noose. And she thinks, well, let's see what he'll react like if there's a suicide he didn't stage himself. So he comes into her room later on, and she's hanging there fr- fr- from a noose, seemingly dead. Fun fun fact, when I saw this off-Broadway, the noose didn't work because it was during a preview. Oh, so no. she just had to stand there and pretend like she was <laughs> hanging the whole time. Live theater, you gotta love it. Oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> That's Wonderful. so awful. Oh, no. And, uh, and yeah, so he comes in, and he's like, oh, I loved you. I mean, I was coming in here to kill you, but, you know. And uh, and he tells her, like, it's a real shame that you can't see what my plan was because, see, this petition, which I've hidden, really is a petition. It's it's he's trying to get everyone in the school to sign off on this, like, suicide pact. And he he he's going to, like, you know, demolish the school and stuff. So then he leaves. You know kind of channel. He's got like a little bit of a Brad Dourif vibe in there. Oh too. yeah, it absolutely. Like has Chucky in there. In there yeah. Well, which I think Brad Dourif was also channeling Jack Nicholson a bit. So it it all kind of goes back to Jack. I, it all I kind think. of yeah. cycles back. And Jack Nicholson and Brad Dourif were in one the movie the together in the seventies. Yeah, one that's the that's that's So there you go. So Brad, but it all connected. It's all connected, <laughs> man. <laughs> Let me get the red string and chart how this works. And so. Uh, Veronica's mom wa- walks in and she's like, Veronica, I, oh, oh, and, and, um, and, oh, I missed the dream scene. There was a dream scene before she oh, fakes yeah. the suicide. That's like right, this right. really great scene where they ac- actually do kill Heather Duke and then they go to her funeral and everyone has on like 3D glasses. <laughs> and Heather Duke <laughs> looks like the bride of Frankenstein with her hair up and it's, yeah, it's. It's such a weird scene. Heather Chandler shows up and she's like, the afterlife is so boring. If I had to sing Kumbaya one more time. <laughs> it's a great scene. Um, like this is probably what the ending would have been like. Absolutely. They would have kept I, that, it, that's yeah. what I'm thinking. Yeah. And yeah. Um, and so then Veronica's mom walks in and she's like, oh, oh, I should have let you take that job at the mall. I was just so scared. <laughs> she pops up and she's like, hey, mom, why so tense? And she's like, oh, <laughs> and so then we see JD is building this bomb and tomorrow morning it's going to be the day. It's going to it's going to be bad. Only Veronica can st- stop him. And so then the next day. Veronica's walking into the school and she meets Miss Fleming and she's like, Veronica, JD told me you killed yourself last night. And she's like, what? And she's like, no, we have to talk. The, the decision to kill to k- kill yourself is one of the most important decisions important you can make. Like it's, like it's like a college admission <laughs> essay or something. And then she just says, get a job and walks away. It's great. And then, of course, JD is installing the bomb under the school in the boiler room, and Mm -hmm. the bell rings. I love a boiler room. Oh, who doesn't? I mean, come on. They they were all the rage in the 80s. You don't see enough boiler rooms now, you know? And, there's um, there's some scenes where she's like walking around and I'm like this this could be straight from like, Nightmare on Elm Street. Street. She's yeah. like looking yeah. out. Very Nightmare on Elm Street. And uh and they uh, the bell rings and they all go to this big pep assembly in the gym 
And while that's happening, she goes downstairs into the boiler room with a gun and uh, tries to persuade JD to not go through with it. But he like knocks her out and he in, in, installs the, the the bomb. But she comes to and gets like a fire extinguish extinguisher and like beats him on the head with it and stuff. And then at one point she like shoots his finger off. <laughs> so great oh it's great and he's trying to like attack her with this knife but he ends up like jabbing the knife into the bomb and it stops the bomb so the timer yeah. stops and then and they're like making out at some point yeah. during all this too and it's just like typical teenage romance everything is, has to be like at a 11 and it's like he's talking about his plan like why he's doing it and it's just like yeah. such ridiculous mumbo jumbo it's like that typical like killer monologue where it, it, it's yes, just like the very, world doesn't love me you know it's like <laughs> very billion scream yeah. yeah it's like society nods its head anything society can think to bring on itself i'm like just pseudo pretentious <laughs> bullshit so i'm just like <laughs> i love how every movie killer is so pretentious they're just like it's yes just like, this is why you have no friends okay like right you're such a blowhard and, um, and eventually the protagonist like the, the things that the protagonist initially liked mm -hmm. was that this this other person seemed really smart and you know, they knew kind what they were cool, doing and then by yeah. the end they're just like i just can see through their bullshit like completely exactly. and it's, just, it's great yeah. <laughs> and so like she shoots him a few times we think he's dead she goes outside crisis averted seemingly but then he walks back out and he has the bomb strapped to himself, and he decides to blow himself up. And he does. And what I love is that after he's blown up, the explosion has lit her cigarette this time. Cigarette. <laughs> she's just smoking away on the steps. And she looks Holes like a freaking yeah. corpse now. I mean, she's just – she looks um, awful. It's awesome. Bad out of hell on yeah. the meatloaf. Yeah. And she walks in and is – seen by heather duke and she's like veronica you look like hell and she's like thanks i just got back and <laughs> she takes heather chandler's red scrunchie off of heather duke's head and says there's a new sheriff in town and puts it on then she goes and she and she she talks to martha dunstock who is re recovering rather nicely from her su suicide attempt and says would you like to you know maybe come by and rent some new releases and pop some popcorn and martha's like i would like that and they walk off and and martha does that 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 little wheel around with her wheelchair <laughs> she, so i love cute. that little thing it's adorable and yeah and we get uh sarah sarah as the end credits roll it's beautiful it's it's beautiful yeah. Oh, it's just a great movie. There's, oh, uh, it's perfection. In the the musical, they combine the characters of um, Martha and who's the friend? Betty. Fe oh, we never even mentioned fucking Betty. Betty, yeah. Betty Fe she doesn't do a whole lot. She doesn't. You know, she's, she's like she's... Veronica's tie to her past, where she was a good person, yeah. um, right. and she kind of brings her back in later on after mm. Heather Chandler's dead. To kind of like win some cool points again and be a good person, but right. that's but then she kind of disappears from the rest of, of the movie. Yeah, doesn't do a lot. No, um, no, Betty. It was it was probably okay. wise to combine them. That that would make sense. Yeah, it makes sense because yeah. in the she's ending's up, probably yeah, she's gonna be... e even more powerful. I would think right because like they were already sort there. of friends, and it's like oh, I'm gonna go back to you and yeah. be friends with you. Or I don't know, I don't I, I don't I remember like how it works that. in the musical, but um, I I really like that a lot. Yeah. Great movie. Oh, I feel like beautiful, gorgeous. It's a rare one where even the critics think so. So you know, it's. I mean, every what, once in a while, what they, was it? Ninety three percent 
on Rotten Tomatoes? 93%, which is Damn. nuts. Is that like our highest rated movie that we've t- talked about? For a dark comedy, anyway, yeah. I think, like, nuts. I, maybe The Others might have been slightly higher. That's like the, the others only was, one I can think yeah, of. Yeah, pretty high. But yeah. I don't know. Wow, it's yeah, it's it's no like eight percent. Like I still know what you did last summer or whatever it was. <laughs> Wasn't it like eight percent or something? Yeah, it was ridiculous. <laughs> and Jawbreaker was really low too. It was like thirteen percent. Oh, like, that's rude. You know, well, I mean, which I'm like, Duh. a lot of people do consider Jawbreaker to just be like Heather's two point sure. which I get, sure. but I think there's enough different in it to make it worthwhile. I think so, and you know, it's a formula that works. Yeah, it's, you know, again, nobody has any problem with Spider-Man being brought back fifty million no, times. So how about we have not. you know this formula brought back a couple times too, and tweak it a little bit here and there? Yeah, I I um, think we're due for another Heather's-esque movie. I think so. The last one I saw was like, oh, I don't know, that GBF movie was also Darren Stein. Yeah, that was kind of that was kind of cute. Um, like that vibe. That, but I yeah. haven't seen too much lately that's in this vibe. Yeah. I always in, enjoy them, so bring yeah. them on. And I have to say, yeah. the Arrow Blu-ray of this is gorgeous. It is beautiful. Yes, it's I lovely. I hadn't watched it. I I had bought it like a few years ago, but I didn't watch it until now because I have this thing where, like, if I really love a movie, I try not to watch it except maybe like every like five to ten years. Sure. Just because I get kind of yeah. scared that like it's it's gonna like lose some power or something. Yeah. I'm, I'm just no, that makes sense. Fucking weird. Um. So I hadn't seen this all the way through for like probably seven or eight years. So it was nice yeah. to watch it again and be like, I still Revisit. love you, Heathers. It's still wonderful, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just it uh, it takes jabs at like everyone, literally which I everybody. Yeah. Movies like that, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I'm sure certain people would watch it now and be like, oh, it's being mean to this group. But then I'm also yeah. like, it's being mean to every group <laughs> intentionally. Well, and like, I mean, that's the thing is that, you know, they, they do throw the anti-gay F word around, but it's coming from people yeah. that you're not supposed to like. So I'm like, I don't really care right. because they're yeah. supposed to be assholes. So it just makes them exactly. more of assholes. So who cares? You know? And the, the dad has like that tolerance moment, even though it's played for laughs. It's yeah. still like he's being tolerant of his son. And, exactly. you know, it's, it's yeah. It's, I, uh, and the, yeah. I love it. I love it. But see, great. also, I do remember when the TV show came out, um, there were a lot of people on, like, Instagram and Twitter complaining that it was glorifying suicide. And I'm like, have y'all seen this movie? Like, have y'all seen this? Because the, it's based on this movie that I guess y'all have not seen. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if, if, if y'all's heads would explode if y'all saw this movie. Yeah. It's uh, it's a good thing some of these Gen Zers will never watch anything made before, like, 2000, so... Oh God, yes, yeah. Because I've noticed that when they finally do, and now that we're not speaking of every Gen Zer, there's a lot of wonderful Gen Zers out out there, but there's also some who need to realize the world did exist before they were born, and there's great works of art before they were here, and yeah, a lot of them would um, lose their fucking minds if they saw this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's oof. It's, it would be uh... it, it would be rough. It's yeah, it's 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 both a product of its time, but it's also still relevant today. And, Absolutely, uh, those are the those are the great ones, you know. Yeah, the, I don't really think it could um, be made again today, just with all the school violence so. and stuff. Unfortunately, um, no. But no, it, oh it would well. have to be very very low budget. Yeah, like, with two dollar actors type. Pretty thing. much because I mean, no one else can, would sign on. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's unfortunate, uh, but it's just that's the way it is now. Even though. It seems like we've gotten to a point where we're just kind of almost desensitized to school 
violence because it happens like every week. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to yeah. s- still be shocked because we're not doing anything productive ab- about it. We're just not letting people tell stories about it for some reason. I'm like, that seems right. like a bad idea, but okay. And this was all anything. pre-social media, mm-hmm. so you didn't have the the really strong voices really leading all the That's conversations true. and taking over everything. And, you know, it was yeah, different time. Absolutely. Um, some would say simpler time. Yeah, uh, definitely simpler. Yes. Yeah. <sighs> wow. That's wonderful. Yes. Um, so, uh, yeah, you know, as always, thank you for supporting us on Patreon. Oh, and, yes. Uh, we really appreciate you. We appreciate it. Um, we'll see what we can do possibly about recording something in February, even though we are taking a break just to, you know, mm-hmm. we'll see. We'll see what we get to. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll try. And, um, uh, but like we said, we are going to take a break from our normal episodes throughout February. So, uh, we'll be back in March with those mm-hmm. and, uh. Something fun we haven't exactly figured out yet, but we will figure it out soon. And uh, I think we're going to cover that new Jennifer Lopez movie, Marry Me. I think is what we're covering, okay. right? Is right. that the one the we're going to cover? We're gonna, we're, we're, we're kind of done with horror. We're just going to do like romantic comedies from now. <laughs> Made in Manhattan, it is. <laughs> Homos on Delightful Hill. I don't yeah. know. We're, we're, we're... We're sick of Neurotic this world being so dark. We're going to have some joy. <laughs> uh, Hope you like our yeah, new brand. You know, I, I, I'm a, well, why not? <laughs> we'll mix it up a little bit. <laughs> I feel like we keep it fresh. We try to do stuff that's not always like blood and guts anyway. And you I know, mean, switch it up every now yeah, and then. And every, every now and then. We like to be a little classy. Yeah. Redecorate the house on. Yeah. Homo Hill. <laughs> yeah. Name in progress. We'll see. That's we're, right. We're, we're working on a name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Any suggestions? Anybody? Anybody? Yeah. Yeah. Let us know. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. If there's always, as always, if there's stuff you would like us to cover throughout the year, you can always, you know, let us know too. Sometimes we take suggestions and uh, it's nice to hear from y'all. And um, yeah. Thanks again mm-hmm. for supporting us. Yes. Thank you yeah. so much. Anything else? Yeah. I think that's all. That's all. Now go okay. fuck yourselves gently with chainsaws. Gently with chainsaws, but be very, very gently. The gently is the key word. <laughs> yes. Don't... Now I say it, but I do not endorse it. No, do not endorse it. Don't end up in the ER. It's overbooked. Yes. Okay. And they will laugh at you. <laughs> they will. I know from personal experience. <laughs> it wasn't gentle. <laughs> a little too hard. A little too hard. I did not have a safe word. No safe word for my gentle chainsaw. <laughs> All right. Well, let's quit pulling on their dicks and get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.